Father God, we gather here today under your, your, your care and protections. Thank you for your loving kindness that never fails us. Abba Father, we are so grateful to be able to meet here together and be in your presence today. While we are here together, listening to your word, we ask that you would open our ears and our hearts to whatever it is you are wanting to teach us. We ask the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary and all the angels and saints. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our Father, what in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is your damn Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us now and the hour of our death. Amen. The Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, and it was the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Guys, a lot of new faces here, so I'm glad you guys joined. Hope you got a very wonderful week. Um, we don't have much time, we are only one hour, so we'll get straight to the business. Yeah. If people can go on mute, there are some. Okay, that's fine. Okay, it's better now. So, as we discussed last week, When we wanted to, I mean, I asked Father, what should I put the name? What should I teach about? So we, we do have a, I do have a similar session going on for the Kerala community, which is called Living in, in Presence, which more talks about, and we are learning about Holy Spirit. So I was planning to have the same session for us too, um, but God gave me a different name, Kingdom Warriors. We discussed about that last week. So today's session, uh, what we are going to learn is about the basics of the kingdom. What is this kingdom about? Uh, we'll have at least three sessions about the kingdom of God uh, to understand what we are dealing with. Then we will get into practical steps. So today, let me, allow me to share. So a few, <clears throat> few warnings or a few Things you should be aware of. While in this meeting, you may feel really tired. Uh, you may feel like yawning. Please do yawning. You may feel sleepy. Uh, your thoughts will be distracted. You may get um, counter questions in your mind. Some voices may come in your mind saying, what is this? I don't understand it, etc., etc. throughout all our sessions. And that's expected. You don't feel... Uh, feel bad. It, it, part of it is because I'm boring, but most of it is not because of that. It's because we are talking about the kingdom of God. Um, and the more you learn about it, you will be equipped as a kingdom warrior. And there is a reason why there will be distractions, there will be hindrance for, you, for all of us to understand this truth, the spiritual truth. So when you feel like tired and sleepy, it's okay. It will change over the time. Totally different for other people, but so 
If you're feeling sleepy, feel free to go back, wash your face and come back. It's all fine. If you want to yawn, please do. I'm used to it. So let's start. Everyone should have their Bible along and notes. So we'll be going very quickly and I would like to have somebody from our team to read from a few scriptures. Okay, this will be our session one. So Kingdom Basics. I'm very excited about this because I know this can change any one of us, our lives. It has changed mine. I'm not guaranteeing that it will change all of us. It all depends on how we are going to work with the Word of God and work with Holy Spirit as you learn. So be excited. I'm excited for all of us. Um, so let's go. So quick introduction. We are Christ culture. Our plan, our basic vision is based on the scripture. This is a plan proposed by the whole earth. And we are a lay Catholic ministry confirming to the magisterium doctrine and dogma of the Roman Catholic Church and trying to spread Christ's culture. And this is the exhortation God is telling us. This is for specifically for our group when we prayed. This is what we got. We, we are made for such a time as this. Every one of us is made for such a time as this. So even this part of this kingdom, uh, warrior sessions, it's all God is bringing us together so that he wants us to prepare for the time. I mean, we are, we have a plan. We have a purpose in this life. In this generation, when this internet and all the information technologies that speak, when knowledge is abundant, things are going, counterculture things are going really strong. We are born into this world. We are this is our time, right? So God, every, in every generation, God will raise up leaders. God has different approaches. God has different amount of grace um, of the kingdom ma manifest to change as according to generation. And this is our opportunity. Every one of us, God is saying, we are made for such a time as this. When we look around, it seems very dull and dark and scary, uh, especially for our kids, the next generation. But there's a point, like Esther, this is a verse which we got. The Jews were having trouble and Esther was also confused, just like us, every one of us. We are worried about the times, but then God says, maybe you were made cune for just such a time as this. So we are in this generation for a reason. Not just to be a good husband, not just to be a good wife, not just to be a good daughter, and son and good parents. But more than that, we have a God kingdom assignment. I would say that we have a kingdom assignment. Just like I'm an IT engineer, just like somebody is a doctor, so just like somebody is in a different profession, in the kingdom of God, we do have a job to do. And it differs, it's unique for each of us. So with that in our mind, that's our that's our plan. That's our hope that after throughout the sessions, we will figure out what our assignment is. We will figure out who we are in this kingdom of God. So let's turn to Matthew 3, chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. 
I'll be going a little fast because there's so much to cover and we have so little time. So Matthew 3, 1 to 3. Shall I read? Yeah. In those days, uh, days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who has spoken, who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah. Where is the Which version of Bible are you using? Is that an IV? This is uh, Ascension Bible. Okay. okay, so before we start, everyone should try to get uh, NRSV, New Revised Version Catholic Edition, NRSV CE. So that's a Bible we are going to use for our studies. And you, you also should have a copy of that. That's an authorized one. Yeah, I, would I say. have it. I think yeah. the black one you said, no? The black one. Yeah, NRSVC. So all the scriptures when you read and learn, use NRSVC. There are other, many versions. I mean, that's a totally different topic about that. But some of them are easy to read. But we should need the accurate one, not the ones that easy to read. So NRSVC is the best of, the, it has a good balance between easy readability and um, accuracy. So okay. let's read NRSVC, yeah. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Okay. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. Right. So Isaiah, who was a prophet, lived in the Old Testament so many, many hundreds of years back, prophesied, saying, there'll be one day which comes in the future. We don't know when, but there'll be one day a man is going to appear and then he is going to proclaim that the, Lord, the day of the Lord is at hand. So Matthew is confirming, John the Baptist appeared in the desert proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come, repent and believe. So this is a key message for John the Baptist. So anyone knows what is the last book in the Old Testament? Malachi. Malachi. So after Malachi, there was like a period of silence, what Bible scholars says. Almost for 400 years, there were no prophets. There were not even any message from God, no messenger from God, no voice from God. It's complete silence. And then on a fine day from the desert, you're hearing this proclamation, John the Baptist, out of nowhere coming and saying, repent and believe because the kingdom of God has come. This is the first time in the New Testament, we are in, in fact, in the entire Bible, the kingdom of God is mentioned here. It's a new concept. Old Testament doesn't talk much about the kingdom of God. We know John the Baptist, he came as a forerunner. He was supposed to introduce Jesus to the world. But our focus is the message, the first sentence which came out of his mouth. This is his message to the world. The kingdom of God is coming. So what we should do? should repent and return. So what is this kingdom of God? So let's say that Jesus came. So Matthew 4, 17. I mean, it's in the PowerPoint itself. So... This is what Jesus started to preach. 
Do you know when that, from that time on, Jesus began to preach? That means something happened. Matthew 4, 17. Anyone know what happened so that Jesus started to preach this? This is ministry started in Galilee? No. Yeah, Matthew 4, 17. If you, anyone can read from Matthew 4, 17. Something happens just before that. From that time on, Jesus began to proclaim his message. Change your ways. The kingdom of heaven is near. Right. So it, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God is synonym. So the kingdom of God has come near, but it says from that time. It's after John the Baptist is being martyred, is, is being killed. So Jesus is also saying the exact same words or the same message John the Baptist was saying. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So let's say when we start a speech or some, if we are addressing a conference, the first thing we would address to them that, okay, this is today's what I'm going to talk about. This is my topic today. This is the reason why I'm standing here. We'll give a brief introduction and that kind of have the essence of the entire session. So when John the Baptist is saying about kingdom of God, when Jesus is his initial sentence in introduction or the beginning of his ministry starts with this, repent for the kingdom of God has come near. Shouldn't we be more concerned about or more curious about what kingdom of God is? And then it's more interesting, like in Luke chapter 9, 1, somebody can read from it. This is where God, uh, Jesus, after a while, he picked all the disciples and then he's sending them out. He have specific instruction how to go, etc. But he's sending out, out saying this, Luke 9, 1. Can you read? Jesus called the 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. Yeah, keep reading. Then he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. After, right. saying, after saying to them, take nothing with you for the journey. That, that's fine. So those are the instructions. But notice that one important message there. Preach the kingdom of God. Ask them to repent. So it's the same thing. Jesus started with it. John the Baptist started with it. And now he is picking all the disciples and sending them out to the town, giving them authority to cast out devils and heal the sick. And this is his message. Go and preach to them. Preach to all the towns you enter. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe. So... To me, it seems like this kingdom of heaven concept or whatever he's trying to teach us is all about kingdom of God. So when was the last time or we pondered about it? Did, did we ever try to dig deep in it? In Bible, and Jesus says, actually, you have to seek, you have to ask, and you have to knock. And then the mysteries will be revealed to us. So that's our intention. So we are asking Holy Spirit today. Father, when, when two or more are gathered together in his name, which means in his character, in order to understand him, Jesus promised his presence will be among us. 
This is his will that he wants us to understand it. So Father, we are asking that you open our mind, you open our intelligence in our hearts to your word of God. This time, Father, we are rebuking all the unnecessary thoughts which are coming to our mind or the distraction which the enemy can cause. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you take this message, take this Bible verses, take the word of God, take this wisdom and understanding you are providing us into our hearts and engrave it as so much that they will never, ever forget it. We say this by the blood of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So that's the introduction. So we should be very curious. We should be very, it's very interesting how this whole thing is around, around going around the kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God. Let's move on. There's a new message total, in totality, I believe in, um, in the gospels itself, 55 times the kingdom of God has been mentioned. And in Acts, maybe 27. And not in Acts, but or, or outside the gospel in New Testament. So it's a very important concept. We will be going through each of the verses and we will learn it as we go through. So let's... Okay, this is more like a Q&A. We are very... We, we love Jesus, right? We all love Jesus. We are all Christians. We love Christ. But in... Let me ask you this. Why did Jesus come? There is no right and wrong answer, so please feel free to pitch in, everyone. I want, we call this, we don't have teams, we have families, or family, Christ culture family. We are all one family, so in our usual meetings, it's not too much of a formal one. It's very casual, we joke around, um, we can make mistakes, we can say blunters, it's fine. Um, so I, I just wanted to start that kind of communication, that kind of closeness in our meetings. So let me ask you, Arina Chechi. So, oh, I call her Chechi because, you know, Chechi is a sister in Malayalam. So if you hear that word, Arina Chechi, that means Arina sister. That's you, brother. So Arina sister, um, why did Jesus come? Don't look up this loop for it. Proclaim the uh, good news of the kingdom of God. Ah, you read it. I heard it already. I know, but usually when we ask why Jesus come, okay, he came to take out our sins, right? He came to save us. He's our savior. But we don't usually ask, what, okay, why did he save us from? Of course, he saved us from sickness. He saved us from sin, all that. But in his own words, in Jesus' own words, if you mark this in your Bible, Luke 4.43. Can you read it again, Rantishi? Or somebody else? Uh, Luke 4.43. But he said to them, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. So first of all, Jesus was sent. Jesus didn't come. Jesus was sent. He was sent by someone. And obviously, we know who, who has sent him, Father. So Jesus was sent by Father, and he appeared in flesh to do one single thing, to proclaim the kingdom of God. This is the reason why I'm sent. This is from Jesus' own words. 
yeah, we can derive all the other stuff. Like he saved us from sin. He substituted a lot of stuff, which we will learn eventually. But all of them are part and parcel of this message of the kingdom of God. On a very abstract level, on a very high level, he's saying, this is the essence of my ministry. This is why the word of God became flesh. So that we will understand the kingdom of God. So that it will be proclaimed. And it's a good news gospel, right? It's good news. So it's very something very good for all of us, to the listeners. So as we are listening, we should be excited. This is something good. All right, Matthew 4.23. Somebody else can read it. Jesus went through, anybody reading? Jesus went through Galilee, went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. Right. So he not only told his disciples that this is why I have sent, he actually did it. He went around proclaiming the kingdom of God and healing people and casting out devils, etc., etc. So that was that's what he was doing in his earthly ministry. Apart from um, teaching disciples, most of the time he was just traveling around the towns in the near Galilee and then proclaiming about kingdom of God and doing the works of kingdom of God. So, so now we come to the question, what is the kingdom of God? I didn't put any Bible verse there, so this time you can't cheat. Yeah, what is the kingdom of God? Any guesses? Please do call. Please do say whatever it comes to mind. Or what? What is a kingdom? We should use our brain when it's for simple. Me kingdom, for me, the kingdom of God is Jesus Himself, the Jesus presence. Okay. Good answer. Any others? So uh, kingdom of yeah. God is uh, like being with Jesus. Being with Jesus. Yes. We are, we are the kingdom of God. We are the kingdom of God. Okay. I was going to say it's the kingdom of God to me is like the spiritual realm where God is the king. Okay. That's a good one. I, for me, I feel the kingdom of God is what was in the Old Testament where people, I mean, everyone were close to God. They could uh, speak easily to him. So the kingdom is where now God is the center and we are around him together. I mean, with them, close to him. Right. But Jesus is sailing and even the John Baptist, the kingdom of God has come. It's coming. Time has fulfilled, which means this wasn't here before. Right. It indicates that this just arrived in the New Testament. The kingdom of God has come right now. So anyone wants to get into the kingdom of God, please repent and believe. That's kind of John the Baptist is saying. So was it only was it something new? Was it existed in the Old Testament? These should be the questions. I just wanted to start. So one of the things we should, we should be doing going forward, we should be asking questions. Is but, that the uh, is it that um, God, Jesus had come to restore the relationship between man and God, which Adam had failed? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, all these answers are correct. I'm not saying anything is wrong. These are all part of the kingdom of God and kingdom of God experiences. Um, for the sake of this discussion, let's say, what is a kingdom? We don't have kingdoms much in this era, but we have governments. Right? We have governments. In the old time, we had kingdoms, which basically, it's, there's, there'll be a king, and the kingdom is where that king, king's rule applies. Or it's more like a government or a country. So, I mean, in America. So in America, they have this government and the rules. All the rules and laws of America applies to the people in this land and only in America. The American rule won't apply in India. So wherever the kingdom is, also there's a Bible verse, the government will be on his shoulders, right? Does anyone hear about that Bible verse? Bible verse? Have you read that? Kingdom on the shoulder, no. The prophecy? Okay, so that's their homework. So there's a Bible verse in the Bible, and there's a prophecy about coming upcoming Messiah saying that the government will be will be on his shoulders. Basically, the new Messiah, the Savior, who comes will be responsible to carry out a new government, new rule. So we'll find that prophecy. You can chat later to me. So the kingdom basically says there will be a king and then wherever his rule applies is his kingdom. So definitely the king of kings. We are talking about in the spiritual realm, spiritual matters, who is a king? For sure is God, father. So the kingdom of God is where God is king. It's as simple as that. So in the kingdom of God, in that particular government, in that particular country of God, the rules and laws of God will happen. And no, nobody else has any authority. No, nobody else can come and do something on their own. Only God's will happen. So in our daily prayer, do we see kingdom of God used in our Father, our Father in heaven, the Jesus taught the prayer, right? So what do we pray every day? Thy kingdom. Thy kingdom come. Thy, will thy come. kingdom will come. Right? So every day we were praying this for so many years, we never paid much attention to what is the kingdom of God. But we are asking God, asking Father, thy kingdom come. And also towards the end, we add this too, right? Yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Oh, yeah, and yeah. The glory. So we, we do encounter this kingdom of God in human daily life, but we never paid much attention to it. So we are praying that the kingdom should come as well. But Jesus said the kingdom has come. So we should be confused now. We are praying every day that the kingdom should come. But Jesus mentioned the kingdom has come. Okay. I'm just trying to make our brains work a little bit more. So the answers are all right. It is presence of Jesus. It is within ourselves. We will dig more about the parables Jesus mentioned about the kingdom of God going forward. But just for an introduction, kingdom of God is where God's rule prevails. His reign, R-E-I-G-N, reign happens. So it's not specific people. It's not a land. It's wherever God's rules are applied and nothing else has been applied. Will be a kingdom of God. It's a Jesus reigning on certain place or certain people. 
So obviously, where is his rules applied right now? And obviously, where would that be? Let's say heaven, then earth, and hell. Earth. The kingdom of God. In heaven, what rule applies? Who is governing body there? Who is a who is a king in heaven? God, God Himself. God Himself, right? In the heaven, God Himself is a king. Yeah. So the kingdom of God is definitely on heaven. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Or God is definitely on the heaven. Without God knowing, nothing happens in heaven. Everybody in heaven will are under the authority of God, and nobody cannot break the rules. If they break the rules, what happens? We know somebody break broke the rule, right? Certain angels, three. One by third of the angels broke the rules. They tried to overthrow this kingdom, which was in heaven. And what was after effect? They were casted out of this kingdom, right? Yes. If they're out of the kingdom, are so it's interesting. You now we are talking about kingdom of kingdom appearing in Old Testament as well. So in heaven there was this big fight for this authority to be the king of this government the heavenly government there was a the three one by third of angels fought and they were cast out so what happened to those angels is something we should be always wondering let's go okay how about in earth for heaven we know for sure uh the rule is with god god is having the authority how about earth Let's say, how would hell? That's easier. The kingdom. The kingdom belongs to one of the angels who were thrown out of the kingdom. Fallen, fallen, yeah, fallen right. angels. The fallen angels. So from today, we will be calling them fallen angels, not any demonic negative words. They are fallen angels. They have an agenda, a set agenda. Their agenda is being the same from then on. They want to fight against the kingdom of God and anyone under the Anyone trying to get into the kingdom of God? Basically, their fight is about against the kingdom of God. So these fallen angels are active. So that's one thing we should understand. Uh, many of us, or at least me, never cared about uh, these fallen angels. I never believed. I shared my testimony last session. So I never believed in it, neither on the heaven, neither in the hell. None of this stuff was a big thing for me. But I came to know about the spiritual beings. So there is a spiritual realm out there. There are good angels and the fallen angels. They are very real. We just saw that Jesus were going. Jesus was going around preaching the kingdom of God and casting out demons. So if we say there is no demons, we are contradicting Bible. Even our Catholic church, church have exorcism. And even for, I mean, if you dig deep into that, the confession is a mini exorcism. So demons are very real. This realm, spiritual realm of fallen angels are very real. Just know that it exists. If we have, if we ever had this thinking or mindset that they are, they don't exist, please, we need to correct it. So that's why I mentioned there will be certain things which may be counter to our thinking. We should uh, go check our uh, church documents, whatever our 
fathers or our church mentioned about it, what Jesus said about it, what Jesus did about it, what Bible says about it. If all of this are talking, telling you that what you are thinking is wrong, then we should choose to believe what's in the Bible and what church teaches. So this is, and, and please don't make, take me wrong. There'll be many voices coming, many thinking, thoughts coming, many reasonable logic explanation of what you are believing, but just choose to believe, by blindly believe. Because if you want to further in this kingdom of God, just keep your questions aside. Just park it there, park it there. Because sometimes we are thinking about, let's say, sine theta and cos theta, but we are just learning the digits, one and two, three. We are in the kindergarten, and we might be wondering about things we are going to learn in the university for maths. And it's not going to work out. We can keep asking and asking, asking, and you will never learn the kindergarten stuff. You will never learn the basic of maths, and you'll be stuck there. So please keep any such questions which are disturbing your mind. Park it there. God is going to reveal it. We don't need to believe everything blindly. God will reveal it. But choose to believe for the time being as one is one, two is two. You cannot keep asking. If, if the kids start asking, why is it one? Why can't it be two? Then we don't have an answer, right? Okay, just, just take it for granted. It's one. If we write it like this, it's one, two, two. Unless you agree with this, we cannot move forward. If somebody says in Spanish, J is H, I believe. Right, it's pronounced as H. So I can write J in an English lesson and if the Spanish guy is saying, oh, in my language is H, I'm not going to agree with you. He cannot, he can never learn English. You will never progress. So this is the first mistake we are doing. We're trying to figure out spiritual principles. We're trying to figure out a realm or a concept or a reality outside our physical, physical world. And we try to use a tool which is in the physical world, our intelligence, our reasoning, to figure out this. It's more like I'm an IT guy. There's a doctor. I'm telling doctor, you know what? I am an IT guy. I know the programming stuff. I'm really good at the computer. Let me do the surgery now. He will look at me and say, are you crazy? Are you mad? This is a completely different area. You need to understand the basics of biology. You need to go through a medical school and understand all this and you should have so much experience to figure out what you're doing. You cannot, just because you're smart and engineer, you cannot come and do medical stuff the same way around. It's a different stream altogether. So if I want to be a doctor, what should I do? I understand, okay, I agree, that's right. I cannot figure out all the stuff with my, I may, I may be able to Google and say some medical terminology, but I cannot perform an operation. What should I do? I should go and enroll myself in a medical school and move my IT-related logic and knowledge aside and start learning from the basics. We do that in our physical world, but when it comes to the spirituality, we are not. We try to use our intelligence, our brain. So for, for throughout our entire session and throughout our life, if you want to understand spirituality, always remember this. God cannot be explained. He can only be experienced. God cannot be explained. He can only be experienced. I spent so many years trying to explain God, trying to understand God with my logic and reasoning, and I failed. So you can either do it yourself and waste your time, or you can learn from somebody else, right? The smart persons, they learn from others' mistake. So I have made this mistake, and many have made this mistake. 
please as a family as my brothers and sisters my advice to you would be that never try that never try to explain god just choose to believe and you will experience god eventually and then the when the spirit of truth will come he will teach you everything so in hell definitely the kingdom belongs to the fallen angels how about an earth without looking at any per whatsoever um, i'm going fast because you'll have 10 more minutes so who who's other, who has authority in earth any guesses i need two people to speak up not varun chish to see your brother somebody else not vanessa no it's not varina sorry valerie valerie somebody else we the fallen angels who said that isn't god in control he is but i think uh, we listen to the fallen angels more than god now we are uh-huh. all going away from him okay but the kingdom the authority it should come from god right yes you are right let's say uh, matthew 4 8 to 11 and some pick all other verses in the third bullet point john 12 31 ephesians 2 2 second corinthians 4 4 1 john 5 19 yeah okay yeah. then the devil took jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the right it's it, it is about the trials jesus experienced in the desert this is the third one and the biggest one so devil took him to the top of the mountain he showed and all the kingdoms and then what did he say someone was reading perhaps can read maybe they are mute so remember jesus devil is directly attacking jesus or talking to jesus i would say so he cannot lie at this point usually he is a liar and he is a father of liar he can easily deceive every human being but now he is dealing with the truth himself jesus himself god himself so here he is being very truthful he cannot lie and deceive jesus christ so whatever he is saying is real it is the truth what is he saying all this i will give you the devil said if you kneel down and worship me then jesus answered go away satan the scripture says worship the lord your god and serve only him right then the devil left jesus and angels came and helped him correct so can you if if my son is asking for 10000 and if i have nothing in my bank account can i give him 10000 i won't be i can only give what i have so in another i mentioned i think in luke or somebody somewhere it says so here this is a great offer satan is giving to jesus you know what i understand you you are here for some stuff satan really knows why he is here because in genesis after adam adam and eve was out of garden god is promising there will be a time when the messiah will come the redeemer will come and he will take everything from you and until from that day they were watchfully waiting and now the time has come there in front of him is the 
Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, right now, the Savior is here. So this is his last try. He's saying, look at all that he showed him. Imagine the power of fallen angel. He's a fallen angel, which means he lost all his initial glory, but he still has such an authority that to the Son of God, he's able to, in an instant, show the entire kingdoms of this world. All that kingdom, enter the physical realm, and he's saying, you know what, let's be partners. That's what in a new term, in, in our term, terminology, we can say, let's be partners. I know you came here to, so that you can take all this from me, and you, I don't know the planet, but you're here for that. You know what, let's have a deal. You worship me, and I will give you everything. You can be the ruler. You came for that, right? You just take it. But let's be partners. That's kind of the new English translation. But the thing which we need to understand, he was able to say that. He's telling the truth. I can give it to anyone I want because he has authority. So all the kingdoms in earth is under whose authority now? At least under, during the time when he was talking to Jesus. All the angels. All the angels' authority. So no, often time we think, um, oh, God is ruling everywhere. We say, oh, there is something really bad happening. Where is God? Oh, this tsunami happened. Where is God? Where is your loving God? We keep asking, all our kids, all our next generation keep asking this. But this is what we should agree upon. Based on the biblical truth and what the church teaches, at that point when Jesus was tempted, Satan was explaining or Satan was revealing to us that he is the authority of all the earthly kingdoms, all the countries and stuff. Okay, keep reading John 12, 31. Somebody else can take Ephesians 2, 2. John 12, 31. Yeah. Now is the kingdom, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. Right. Jesus saying, the ruler of this world will be driven out. So that means he was the ruler. Who will be driven out? Satan. So Satan was the ruler. Jesus is confirming it. Initially, Satan himself told her. Now Jesus is confirming. Read Ephesians 2, 2. In which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit, that is now so, at work among those. So Paul is talking to the converted ones. At some point in the past, you were living according to this world and you were under the authority and the rule of the prince of the air, which means he was a ruler. Same thing, Satan. Second Corinthians 4.4. 4. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Right. It's a very complex sentence, but look at the first initial few words. In their case, in whose case? The unbelievers who hasn't understood the Christ, the gospel. In the case of unbelievers, the God of this world. Oh, Satan was a God. I didn't know that. Was Satan God? But if you look at the writing, is it a small g or big g for the God? Small g. Big small g. g. So anytime you are looking at the divinity, the uh, divine being or creator, it will be always in the caps G and then or D. When they talk about authority, it will be small g. That's why there's another word say the word of God came to you, so now you are gods. Jesus is speaking to us. But that doesn't mean we have divinity. That just means that you have authority. Same way, the God of this world, smaller to G, the God of this world, Satan, 
is trying to blind the mind of unbelievers so that the glory of the gospel will not reach into their mind. Well, that's a very significant verse. If you can buy heart it, memorize it, 2 Corinthians 4.4, that will change our life. We'll understand the depths of it. We will definitely come back to that. But remember, we are focusing only who is the ruler. There it's clearly saying he has authority over the world. world. And 1 John 5.19. So St. Paul is confirming that. So we saw Satan confirming himself, Jesus saying that. Now St. Paul is saying that. And 1 John 5.19. We know 5, that we are... we know that we are god's children and the whole world lies under the power of the evil one see we are god's children but the whole world lies under the power of the evil one so this is the truth so if we never ever thought about it we never ever agreed with this we need to change that so that's our homework we are practical we are we had to do practical sessions if we if whatever we learn whatever we are reading the scriptures jesus if that doesn't make any change in our life it's not impacting our daily life it's not going to have any impact we will never change we can just hear it we can have the knowledge we can go preach about it but you will never be able to be a good warrior in the kingdom of christ so that's the first thing never be a hearer of the word of god be a doer don't just preach but be live according to what you preach actions speak louder than words right so that's what all of us should be doing so very small things we will learn and we will implement it so today's from today onwards until we meet in eternity we will have this knowledge now there are kingdom of god there's kingdom of evil one there's prince of peace all that and it is alive jesus when jesus came satan had this authority he offered that authority to jesus we will learn why all that but just remember in earth seems like the evil one has a lot of authority so during at least during the time of jesus but isn't paul writing this after jesus was crucified and resurrected etc and even after pentecost right ephesians ephesians corinthians and even johns so didn't jesus take his authority away so no right so we should think so we should think the bible should make you think we should ask questions so we should ask all is it why is this spirit of truth i want the truth to be given to me this is our daily prayer this is how we should be praying of course we had to attend mass and all other stuff but this is our personal prayer time so we should all have a personal prayer time so the next thing we are going to practice from today onwards whenever you wake up in the morning before you even wake up from the bed because once you wake up we will just go distracted so before in that half a sleep mode just say good morning holy spirit because he lives inside us so start making an awareness of holy spirit in our life he is not a god who sits in heaven holy spirit is inside me this is the temple of holy spirit so say good morning to holy spirit starting today and if you want you can spend 10 times 10 minutes or 20 minutes talking to him not praying but talking to him tell him that i never the thought never popped into mind that you are inside me how are you are you feeling good i've been ignoring you are you hungry you seem to be like a guest in my you're a stranded guest in my building in my home i never fed you you should be starving you should be very sick and tired of me right that's the reality so 
start making that awareness. We will grow on to that, grow on to it later. Okay, then in Colossians, but this is a good news. This is a kingdom of God, good news of kingdom of God. There was a different kingdom here and down there. Jesus came, Satan offered for, uh, for goodness sake, for thanks to Jesus, he never agreed to the partnership deal. What, instead, what he did, Colossians 1, 13, 14. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us to the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption. Or in another, in another place it says, he delivered us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So there are two kingdoms. That's the entire discussion today. This is the only thing you should take back. If at all, you don't forget everything else. There's two kingdoms. One is the kingdom of darkness and kingdom of light. Or you can say Jesus is the light. He is God. So kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven. These are all synonyms. Kingdom of light, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. It's the same. Kingdom of darkness, the prince of peace, the God of this world. These are all same. So there are two kingdoms and they are against each other. And now, until Jesus came, this kingdom of God had no, I would say there was no way to get a visa or an entry to kingdom of God because the entire earth was subdued by the prince of darkness. The kingdom of darkness was ruling. So Jesus came and he did this on Galatians 1.13. He on the cross, he died on the cross not just to, so not just because we can go back to uh, on a good Friday and then show our drama, show our emotional drama where we, we are worried about his beatings and we shed our tears and then we participate in the routine prayers without our heart understanding how much he suffered, how much he loved us, what the actual essence of this crucifixion. We do all that and we come out and then we sin. In the Bible, it says, when you sin, you're actually crucifying Christ again. So we are, we are deceiving ourselves until now. On those particular days, on the Easter, on the Good Friday, we, we go there and say, we love you, Jesus. We did all this for us. We do the stations of cross, all that. And then this moment, you step out and then you crucify him again. Or I crucify him and not you. We all do that. So that's how we are deceived. That's how we are deceived. So now, God is teaching us. On that cross, there's something significant happened. Something significant happened. There is a new way. There's a new pathway opened to the kingdom of God because anyone who used to be in the kingdom of darkness has now a good news, a new way, a new gate to enter into the kingdom of God if he's willing. This is one main thing Jesus or, or, or happened in the spiritual realm when Jesus died on that cross. Always remember that. So we should stop acting. We should stop deceiving ourselves. We are not trying to please a God. He's already pleased in us. He loves us so much. Even when we are sinners, he came. Now let's stop the drama. Let's stop the outward ex expressions only. We need to be very real to ourselves. We, we need to be honest. It's more like in a relationship where husband and wife, they don't even like each other. They just keep saying, I love you, sonny. I love you, honey. But their actions don't match up to their words. In many cultures, especially the Western culture, the actions, uh, actions are more like fabricated. Inside the heart, 
They may not love you, but they will say, I love you. So we should not be never be like that because God knows our heart. We are not, we cannot fool him. We just need to be real and honest. Yes, we are sinners. We have many problems. That God knows. God knows whatever we are going through, our weaknesses, everything God knows. But until now, if we are not able to progress in the kingdom of God, we should understand um, we are missing something. We just need to figure this out. So are we in this kingdom? This is the last question we should be asking as we are stopping the session. Are we in this kingdom? Jesus came and opened up this great way to get into the kingdom of God. Are we in this kingdom? Any guesses? Ask two people can answer. How do we get into this kingdom? By faith and asking right. forgiveness from God. Right. Repent and believe. And then you'll be in the kingdom. The clue was there in the initial messages. Yes. So John 3.3. 3. So we always back it by Bible, scriptures. If it's not the scripture, that could be wrong. Scripture is truth. So if you, if God is giving you some thought or if you are talking about something, always find a scripture basis. So John 3.3, 3, Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. So this is one more understanding. Are we born again? Is any one of us not born again? Does we can make them born again? It's a lie. There's, yeah, especially against Catholic churches, people will come, you're not born again. You should be born again to see the kingdom of God. Unfortunately, in your search, you're not born again. You should understand it. But I, I can guarantee, and it is the truth, it's a reality, we all are born again. Anyone who is baptized in the Catholic church, we all are born again. So born again means you are a baby. You're born into something new. You're born into the kingdom of God. You are a new citizen. It's more like my kids are born in the U.S., I'm an Indian citizen, but they are born in here. So by birth, they are U.S. citizen. That's the rule in America. If they are born here, no matter what the parent, parents' citizenship is, they will be given a citizenship in America. So this is the good news today we are taking back. We are born again. Born again into the kingdom of God. So what would anyone who is born into the kingdom of God will be called? A citizen of heaven? Right. Does Bible say that? In the Bible it says, you are the citizen of heaven. Right? So we are citizen of heaven. So that's our good news. We are in the kingdom of God, not in the kingdom of darkness. That's all for takeaway today, 10.30. So we'll close the session. Let's close our eyes today and ask Holy Spirit to preserve everything we learned today and make, our, make amendments in our life to our thinking, our mindsets. Lord, Father, we are thanking you for today's wonderful wisdom and revelation from your word of God. Holy Spirit, I'm sealing all this teaching in their mind right now. Let it be engraved. Let it go in such a depth that it will change their life. Let thy word go and heal every unbelief Satan has put. Every darkness the mind-blinding spirit, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, talks about the God of this world trying to pollute our minds, Father, with lies and deceptions and half-truths so that the kingdom of God's, the gospel's light will not reach us. So, Lord, we are giving you complete authority. Holy Spirit, we are releasing the entire authority over our mind, our body, and we are declaring that we belong to the kingdom of God. We are born again. We are citizens of heaven, and nothing can stop us from 
learning and growing in this kingdom. Father, we thank you for your protection. I seal them by the blood of Lord Jesus Christ and I take away all authority Satan has put on their life and mind. If there's any sickness, Lord, I'm asking you, Father, that you send down thy word and heal them right now. Heal them physically, mentally, emotionally. Everything will be restored because in the kingdom of heaven, there's no sickness, there is no grief, there's no tears, there's no sadness, no anxiety, no depression because there is the Prince of Peace and the peace of God. You belong there. So we are asking you, Father, that the uncomprehensible peace of God flow into all of our minds. And we are ready, Father, for this battle. Anoint us, appoint us, and send us out, Father. I'm blessing all of them. Until next week, guard them, send down your angels and all the guardian angels. We are thanking you. We are asking your assistance. We are asking you that we may have never talked to you before. We may now ever never acknowledge your presence in our life before. So we are asking forgiveness for that. Forgive us because we are ignorant of your presence. From starting today onwards, walk beside me. Help us to figure this out. Holy Spirit, we're asking your forgiveness. We ignored you. You live in our body. You are along with our spirit. You are living. We both live in this temple. Forgive us, Holy Spirit, for all the grieving we have done with all our um, half-truth and unbelief. Starting today, you fill us. You lead us into the truth. The spirit of truth lead us into the truth. I seal everything we learn by the blood and the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 <clears throat> Amen.